You might possibly think it's strange that I could assume that we could exchange valuable ideas that could rearrange the racist tendencies of America that make us feel like we broke out in a mange and estrange ourselves from this endless and terrain cycle that interchanges between violence and despair in a land that we consider our home on range. Change. Having doubts at the sacred altar, implying that our blessed and heavenly father has no time to even bother with the tragic and unnecessary slaughter of our sons and even our daughters when we know that he famously walked on water and is our finisher and our faith's omnipotent author. Change. Imagine how it sounds as a lifelong resident of B-Town, growing up in a rough neighborhood of black and brown, up late at night in my nightgown, trying to write rhymes, conjugating multiple verbs and nouns while clowns are outside selling drugs by the pound nearby within my impoverished community grounds. Cats that will threaten to knock out your tooth crown. If you refuse to bow down, you better slow down or go down. Or, yes, it inevitably makes you frown, but they're all just young kings trying not to drown. Change. I would sadly sit and spectate the fate of so many of my crooked and straight hood mates watching their lives slowly deteriorate as they desperately try to push weight to inflate their ever-stagnant bank rate, all the while collecting Section 8 in a war zone similar to Kuwait, unaware that they're just continuing to desecrate their minds into a permanent slave state. Change. Now with Black Lives Matter, I sense the chance of an uprising. I can see the sun peeking over the horizon, and it seems completely tantalizing that with a little word of mouth and advertising, we can appease our social appetizing, and it can be ever so satisfying watching young people of colors perspiring, learning, aspiring, and acquiring employment with an education and a job force hiring while inspiring the next generation before retiring. Change. So let me ask you, if MLK was here today, if Malcolm X was here to protect, if Langston Hughes was in our shoes, if Booker T was here to see, if Frederick Douglass was here for justice, if Rosa Parks got a brand new start, would they be satisfied the way you played your part for change? Think about it. Let's also talk about it. We got a lot to talk about right here at KBLA Talk 1580. Welcome to the Danny Morrison Show, the whole nine of the nighttime, right at nine. That's one of my favorite pieces that I wrote a couple years ago after the murder of George Floyd and the emergence of the Black Lives Matter movement finally starting to gain a little bit of traction. I performed that piece live on television and over streaming services because I needed the Caucasian viewers and listeners to try and understand not only what we African Americans have gone through and continue to go through, but I wanted them to also understand that we are coming. It's been commonplace for this country to in inaccurately see black people as the scourge of American society, but from where I'm standing, things are looking up. Yeah, I'll admit, I made some comments the other night on how dejected I tend to get at times because I don't see our people progressing at a speed in which I find sufficient. I do get down on us sometimes. Thank God I got Robin right here to check me sometime. And I apologize for that. I believe it's because I care about us so much. I love us so much. But after a short conversation with a close mentor and friend of mine, starting to realize that we kings and queens are doing far better than anyone could have ever imagined. Think about it for a second. 
We are literally the dream realized. Who would have thought that an entire race of people could be dragged from the African countryside in chains, brought to a foreign land, beaten, battered, bruised, raped, and more, forced to build the infrastructure of this entire country, including some of its most historic landmarks and institutional structures, by the way, finally being given our freedom, air quotes, freedom, close to 250 years later, forced to endure slave codes, Jim Crow laws, redlining, institutional racism, the cradle of prison pipeline, and so much more. And we are still standing, still striving, still rising. Look, we spent a lot of time on the Danny Moe Show talking about the struggles of the African-American community. For good reason. I believe that we must first diagnose the problems openly in order to come up with viable solutions to those problems. And the reason these diagnoses are important is because this country is literally in the middle of what my primary topic of conversation is tonight. The big change. A transformative change that many people on the right are terrified of. The same people that were furious at seeing a black president in a White House and even a black vice president less than a decade later. The same people that are pushing back against critical race theory being taught in public schools. The same people that hate seeing African-American women have become the fastest growing segment of new small business owners in America. And also uh, the same people that were even angry at two black people hosting the country music awards this year. Petty. Black people are on the come up. You should always bet on black. Wesley Snipes told us that. And unless God comes back and burns this entire experiment down that we are all a part of here on this earth within the next century or so, it's fair to say that America will look drastically different than it looks today, sooner rather than later. Because check this out. Thinking about this last night, I immediately started wondering if a country that still hasn't atoned for its original sin of slavery could ever accept the browning of America is right on the red, white, and blue doorsteps of Lady Liberty right now. Is this country really prepared to accept what obviously isn't simply a theory, it's an inevitability? And I have a few examples to prove that they may not be. And they are scared. Terrified, actually. So much so, Arizona Republican David Stringer grew a few orange-colored hairs on his chest after the election of one toupee fiasco and had this to say at a subsequent Republican event, and the Young Turks were on the case. Listen. A state lawmaker in Arizona is catching a little bit of heat from his party following uh, some statements he made about how there aren't enough white kids to go around in uh, the state's public schools. This is State Representative David Stringer. Now, I don't want to put words in his mouth. I want to be fair to him. So why don't you hear from him himself? Let's take a look at the video. 60% of public school children in the state of Arizona today are minorities. That complicates racial integration because there aren't enough white kids to go around. But when you look at that 60% number for our public school students, just carry that forward 10 years, 15 years, it's going to change the demographic voting base of this state. And that's what's going on around the country. Immigration is politically destabilizing. President Trump has talked about this. I'm very concerned about this. This immigration today represents an existential threat to the United States. If we don't do something about immigration very, very soon, the demographics of our country will be irrevocably changed and we will be a very different country. Yeah. 
I guess Mr. Stringer won't be buying me a burrito anytime soon. Immigration is politically destabilizing. He said it right from the horse's mouth. And you know why? Now you know why they fight back against immigration reform so strongly, right? He's obviously not down with the brown. He's not ready for change. Let's stay in the same state, shall we? What about Arizona State Senator Sylvia Allen, huh? She proceeded to also warn her supporters at a Republican event about the browning of America, too. She must have sprouted a few Trump-colored hairs on her chest as well. Listen. Let's listen. A simulation. Another thing that Dr. Johnson talked about is uh, he called it the browning of America. That America is fast becoming, we're going to look like uh, South American countries very quickly. The me median age of a white woman is 43. The median age of a Hispanic woman is 27. We're not reproducing ourselves with birth rates. But here's what I see is, is the issue. It's because of immigration. He brings out the immigration thing. We want these people coming to our country to understand the greatness of America and our founding documents. What do you plan for America to look like in 10 years? What kind of form of government are we going to live under in 10 years? No taco from Sylvia either. Yeah, that is an elected official, by the way, using fear-mongering at a Republican event. Wow. She's not ready for change either. But all of this nonsense ultimately got to the governor's mansion. It did. The local media made sure of it. Doug Ducey of Arizona found himself within a firestorm of controversy and was asked, what the hell is going on? Let's find out. NBC affiliate KPNX 12 News was on the case. Listen. New tonight, our other big story, an angry Governor Doug Ducey defending a Republican lawmaker whose comments about the browning of America are being labeled as racist. The governor snapped at a comparison of State Senator Sylvia Allen's comments to the white supremacist statements of a disgraced legislator. Team 12's Bram Resnick is here taking a closer look. Bram? Yeah, I can't recall seeing Doug Ducey snap like this in his five years as governor. Now, there are echoes of the offensive statements by David Stringer in what State Senator Sylvia Allen told a Republican group just two weeks ago. But the Stringer-Allen comparison only goes so far. Governor Doug Ducey barked. Sylvia Allen is not David Stringer. And then he bit. Come on. It's not. It, Sylvia Allen is not David Stringer. Oh, come on. But the comparisons are unavoidable. Come on. Republican State Senator Sylvia Allen expressing her fear at a recent Republican Party I gathering swear. Come on. of the browning of America. That America is fast becoming, we're going to look like. Uh, South American countries very quickly. In audio obtained by 12 News, Allen also warned of falling white birth rates. Disgraced Republican Representative David Stringer issued similar warnings. 60% of public school children in the state of Arizona today are minorities. That complicates racial integration because there aren't enough white kids to go around. The Prescott Republican was branded a white nationalist. Governor Doug Ducey quickly called for Stringer to quit but not Allen. She disavowed her comments and says she has love in her heart for every person. Aww. Allen said in a prepared statement, my remarks have been made into something so they are sweet, not. My reference to South America was the concern that some of these countries are socialist. She did not disavow her comments. She doubled down on her comments. Progressive activist Jocelyn Berry says Democratic lawmakers as well as teachers will call Wednesday for Allen's removal as chair of the Senate Education Committee. 
Now, how can she fairly make education policy for all Arizona children? Um, she can't. Thank God she was defeated in her bid for re-election in 2020, losing to Wendy Rogers in the Republican primary. So upon hearing exactly how a bunch of racist white Republicans are thinking, I have one overarching question for my beautiful listeners tonight. Is America ready for this big change? Webster's Dictionary describes change as the act or instance of making or becoming different. Yeah, we as humans have been experiencing change ever since we were born. Our diapers were changed. We changed hairstyles from time to time. By doing so, we made these things different. In some instances, change isn't always a welcome change. Sometimes we gotta change homes, which perhaps forced you to have to change schools. As a result, maybe you even had to change friends. I believe that America is finally going through the big change. A change that finds minorities becoming the collective majority in our country by 2045. The white population will make up less than 50% of the American population for the first time ever. A majority minority country. And not everyone embraces that change, obviously. There is still a large contingent of people within the Republican Party and spread throughout this country that aren't comfortable with sharing America's apple pie with the rest of us. They feel as though there's only one racial color represented within the colors of the grand old flag, red, white, and blue, and that's the only one that matters. And the worst part is, we had a president in Trump that clearly subscribed to that same ideology. By sympathizing with white supremacists and KKK members, our fake commander-in-chief, Toupee Fiasco, solidified the rumors that there was a place for hatred within his administration and within this country. And I, as an African-American, I know that that only complicates matters and inevitably muddies the waters of pure and progressive change. And trust me, I understand. I've told you all that America is an experiment, right? A very successful one, but an experiment nonetheless. No country in the history of the world has attempted to blend multiple races, creeds, colors, religions, sexual orientations, etc., and told them all that they could be free in their beliefs. Now go be free and everybody try to get along. There was bound to be some bumps in the road from the onset, right? Like I said, slavery, emancipation, Jim Crow laws, segregation, civil rights movement, an African-American president elected along with a black vice president. And now we are here less than 60 years removed from the end of the civil rights era. And as I mentioned on the broadcast before, a lot of white people are terrified. They're not all racist, like some of us think. They just got a little freaked out with seeing Barack Obama become president and place his foot on the gas pedal. Starting with Obamacare, he then supported marriage equality and decriminalizing marijuana and equal pay for women and transgender bathrooms, etc. The most progressive presidency we have ever seen. And it still wasn't progressive enough, if you ask me. I loved it, but that's just me, though. Then a female president was coming right behind him by way of Hillary Clinton. And that was just a little bit too much for them. A lot of the white majority wanted to slow down the onslaught of social justice. They saw it as social engineering. So they held their noses and voted for toupee fiasco. To make America great again. But the problem is, he was the wrong guy to carry the torch forward. And they may not have known it then, but trust me, other than the racists and sycophants and fake patriots, or fake triots as I like to call them, 
The vast majority of them know it now. He was a man suffering from malignant narcissism disorder. He's not well. And he's getting worse. And as I predicted, there was no way Trump was getting a second term. Too much damage had been done for the carnival barker to once again swindle enough independents to vote for him on the second go-round. And in four long and arduous years, he lost the House, the Senate, the executive branch, two elections by a combined 10 million popular votes, ran up our debt and deficit to their highest totals ever, and left close to half a million people dead from the coronavirus at the time he left the White House. And his supporters are still working to glorify him and make him a martyr. Sad to watch, huh? Which brings me back to my original topic at hand. Change. This radio show and station will continue to work to be a beacon of light and hope for those on the progressive side of things. Yeah, through the years, your boy's gotten emails and DMs from some haters. Y'all wouldn't believe what I have been sent Throughout my career, I've been called the N-word, a monkey, a chimp, a libtard. Y'all know that one, right? And of course, a social justice warrior, SJW. No, I never understand why people feel they need to call me derogatory names for my social justice work, but I understand that it comes with the territory. It's all good. Par for the course. So America, it's time for change. It's time to embrace what is inevitable, color and culture. The browning of America is in full swing. And we African-Americans and people of color just want a piece of the American pie as well. Aren't we allowed to have just a little slice of change? But that's just me. Let's go, let's go. Tell me what you think, LA, huh? Is America ready for the big change? Do you believe that America is even aware of what's right around the corner? Do you think that most Caucasians are comfortable with sharing the big slices of American apple pie with people of color? I hate that phrase, by the way, people of color, but we're going to use it tonight because it's all I got. You hate it too, Andy? I hate it. Also, do you think that the recent upswings in hate crimes against African Americans in California are tied to those fears? Do you believe, as I believe, that once the baby boomer generation dies off, that race relations will improve dramatically as i believe or will things get worse before they get better like a lot of people believe and lastly what should we be doing as african americans to prepare for what's inevitable is there anything we can do i got a few ideas you'll hear them tonight but tell me what step one should be for us Blaze up the phone lines, huh? Holla at your boy. Your voice is change. Your voice is the community. Your voice is on. 1-800-920-1580. 1-800-920-1580. You can also stream us via the brand new KBLA streaming app on your app store, iOS or Android. It don't matter. That same app allows you to send me your questions and comments that I will answer live at different intervals throughout the broadcast. Plus, like, share, and follow your favorite radio station live on our socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at KBLA1580. Feel free to follow me at Danny Mo Show on those same platforms, too. Plus, me and my nighttime partner in crime in pink and blue tonight, by the way. Robin Ailes, Robin Ailes will take your comments via the ecosystem of our social network. Check this out. When we come forward, I will add another seven series to add to the topic of conversation tonight. Look, change is coming. 2045. And a lot of white people are terrified. Some are terrified because they think we will do to them what they have done to us for 400 years. Especially if the minorities all start banding together, which I'm surprised we haven't done already. But we've already started doing our part for change. 
That's why my seven series tonight is the seven biggest and blackest changes in America that are driving white people crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Seven specific ways that I can see black people rising in America. You see it too. Allow me to remind you tonight, and we will do that on the other side. Add to the conversation with your phone calls when we come forward. Welcome to the Danny Morrison Show on Unapologetically Progressive KBLA Talk 1580. We got from Bakersfield to Los Angeles. By George and Wheezy, Danny Morrison is moving on up at KBLA Talk Changing live right here in America. Talking about change tonight. By the way, real fast, I got to ask the crew because, you know, I always try to check your music and, you know, entertainment acumen. That is a sample of what artist and what song. Ready, go. That's messing up the song in the head. I'm sorry, go ahead. That's just (laughs) the way it is. And things will never be the same. From 1980s. How many people at home or in their cars know? I've failed. Bruce Hornsby in the rain from the 1980s called I, The Way It Is. I, I, I'm I so... You should have known that Okay, but listen. You know what I cannot figure out? What? How you know the names, the exact songs of people. I know you worked in you know music radio for a very long time. But how does it come back to you just so easily like that? Uh, first of all, I'm awesome. Let's start there. Whoa. Okay. I thought you were going to say, first of all, I'm old. I thought you were going to oh, go no, that. You, I, no. You, I, you I, 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 for like some that. reason. No. I I'm, you, I'm old now. You, no. You know what you just did to me? You said, you should know that. You're like, you you basically you, called you, me out. You should know that, Sonny. <laughs> Who is that? Who is that? Robin, you should know that. Robin, you should know that, I mean, this girl. song goes way back. You should know that. I know y'all was listening to that in your horse and carriage back in the day. <laughs> It's the boogie 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 boy for company B. All right. We are definitely doing comedy one we day. Are, we are. We need to for sure. But uh, you got that clip ready? All right, check this out. Before I break into the 7 Series, Obama knew what was happening. And I bet he was even surprised he won twice, too. By the way, perfect eight years. Nan Scandal. They tried to come up with something. Nan Scandal in eight years. However, when he got out of office... He was on a show. I don't know who was interviewing him. He perfectly diagnosed exactly what is going on in America. Listen. The question, though, is is that you still had 70 million people voting for a government that uh, I would say objectively has failed miserably in handling just basic looking after the American people and keeping them safe. The story that they're hearing from Fox News and Rush Limbaugh and you know, uh, in some cases inside their churches, is that, you know, Democrats, uh, you know, don't believe in Christmas and, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, only care about minorities and black folks and are trying to take your stuff and trying to take your guns away. People 
end up feeling as if, you know what, we are under attack. That, yep. it, it, what's always interesting to me is the degree to which uh, we've created, you've, you've seen created in Republican politics, this sense that you know, white males are victims. Like they're, they're the ones who are like under attack, which obviously doesn't jibe with both history and data and economics. But that's a sincere belief. You know, that's been internalized. That's a story that's being told. And, and how you unwind that is going to be not something that, that is done right away. It's going to take some time. So, Robin, let me ask you after listening to, I miss him so much. Oh, my goodness. I miss that family. Yeah. I miss Michelle and them beautiful little girls walking around the White House. And, Adult girls now. You know what I'm saying? I know, but I, I have that, that picture in my mind, too. Right? Yeah. Is it fair for me to say, you know, I try to be Mr. Contrarian sometimes on this broadcast. It's not their fault. Whose fault? White people. A lot of them. They're being fed this nonsense all the time. Rush Limbaugh, Fox News, mm -hmm. Sean Hannity, all the time. They're being programmed every mm -hmm. single day. Mm -hmm. Is it their fault? You have to be more specific. If, if... Some would say, then watch more than Fox News then. If that's mm -hmm. all you watch, of course, you're going to be fed that nonsense. Uh -huh. Their beliefs in, in you know, part of the clips that you've played, you know, are you saying that their beliefs, is it part, is, is that, that not their fault? They have been in a superior position in this country from jump. Yeah. Now things are changing. Yes. But the entities around them are feeding them. In their churches, they're being fed that. On yeah. TV, they're being fed that. The radio, they're being fed that. That this country no longer belongs to you and you are no longer relevant yeah so so from your perspective are you saying that it's mainly media that is feeding it to them and that it's not their fault because of media and the churches too and the churches and the news pages you know outside sources is um, it fair that they're being programmed as well which they accuse us of being programmed simultaneously sure sure but keep in mind media uh are people Mm -hmm. Right. And so to me, those are the thoughts of people, you know, um, that might be a fair point. That might be some of it. But I don't you know, to me, what it really boils down to is the fact that that's a reality for them. It's it's a truth. It's a truth. We are we our numbers are growing and they are losing that hand that, you know, if you want to say upper hand, how they once had. Um it's a reality, and I think that, that that's a true fear. I mean, we've heard it. You know, we see it all the time. So maybe part of it is that they're being fed um, with media, but I think that that's really like an internal an internal thing that they're battling. Okay. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to see a lighter side to this thing. Uh-huh. Because there are certain African Americans that believe that white people are just evil. Yeah. From birth. Yeah. And this is just the way they are. Right. And I and I have more uh, more empathy for black people who feel that way because we've gone through so much and everything. But if, if you're taking a look from. OK, so always thinking progressively. My, that's my stance. I'm mm -hmm. always thinking on a progressive tip. If I'm looking from where I am today, I'm going to say then you sound just like the white person who thinks all black people eat chicken. All black people are thugs. All you know, it sounds that same way to me. Yeah, it's it's uh, stereotyping. For sure. Prejudice. Yeah. Bias. 
But Same I will thing. say that whomever it is, like black people, if you think that way, either you've been harmed by someone who's white and you have a real, a true experience that has uh, traumatically affected you or someone that you know personally, a parent, uh, a grandparent, a sibling, someone who you've seen it and it still affected you. Mm. Because for you to think that way about all white people, really, something is, is ingrained in your mind where you can't, that's your personal tra- trauma. You see what I'm saying? Um, Here's the problem, though. Chris Rock said it in the comedy special one mm -hmm. time. He said the most racist people in America are old black men. And I can see why. Because exactly. I can see why. Can we be mad at old black men hating white people? And uh, I do hear more racism from old black men than anybody else. For sure. For sure. I mean, it's... We can't be mad at that because that was their experience or they were young children when their parents were going through it um, or they had the police that when they were kids, the young police officers roll up on them calling in the, the N word or, mm-hmm. you know, you have um, real true experiences. However, um, t- to to progress into a into a better world, into to a place where we to a place where we're not always that's to me that's inferior thinking although mm. if there's an excuse for it you know or or a legitimate an under, one. A, a legitimate excuse and an understanding behind it and again I empathize with that although that might be true mm-hmm. and that's he's very very valid you know he has a very valid point in order to not think on an inferior plane you have to not teach that. You can't continue to. It can't be a perpetuated thought. Right. Because it's the same thing we we talk about with white people. All those white people who you know your granddaddy and your great granddaddy owned slaves, and you continue to pass that down that black people ain't nothing, and you can't you can't continue to do that, or else we're always gonna be in this position. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. There's just uh, how we doing, King. Uh, when we come forward, we'll continue this discussion. I got the seven series will jump into it as well. There's, there's certain black people that say, all that is good. I'll leave it all behind. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is, we are still in financial dire straits from what white people have done to us historically in this country. Yeah. Until those scales are balanced, we're going to be upset. Mm-hmm. But there's white people that go, that was the past. Mm-hmm. Them was back then. I never owned a slave. They're pushing back against reparations. They don't want to see us come up. Yeah. Until they get to the point, I'm talking to white people, to where they are willing to share. Yeah. Nothing will change. And those old black people will always be upset because they saw things that we could never imagine. Yeah, I'll look forward to answering that on the other side. Ah, 1-800-920-1580. Danny Mo Show, KBLA. Stay there. From Bakersfield to Los Angeles. Like George and Wheezy, Danny Morrison is moving on up at KBLA Talk 1580. 
Danny Moore's show, KBLA Talk 1580. If you want to sing like Keith Sweat, just chew something. Better leave Keith alone. I like Keith. I'm just playing tonight. <laughs> I've seen him in concert three times. I'm telling you. He's he's great. You are you are surprised how many hits he's written and performed. Yes, and for other people. And whole, just in his his career, other people's career, other groups. It's amazing. He is on, I hate to say his name, R. Kelly's list mm-hmm. as far as having that many hits that he's written. Oh, and, yeah, and for sure, for sure. Sweat got hits. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to say that. I'll admit. Mm-hmm. But uh, by the way, we got breaking news right now. Drop that. Right now. It says, Danny Moe Show breaking news. Uh, the COVID toll in the U.S. reaches an unfathomable, unfathomable, if I can say it, one million deaths. It just hit. Mm. One million COVID-19 deaths, according to data compiled by NBC News, a once unthinkable scale of loss even for the country with the world's highest recorded toll from the virus. The number equivalent to the population of San Jose, California, the 10th largest city in in the U.S., was reached at a stunning speed 27 months after the country confirmed its first case of Mm. the virus. Wow. One million people. Yeah. It breaks my heart because uh, it, it didn't have to happen. If we didn't have that clown as president during this entire pandemic, yeah. it would have been a far less number. Yeah, it set us. It set us so far back. Um, months. <laughs> it set us, you know, far back, and so it didn't have to happen. And then, in addition to that, so many people took a long time for the vaccination, getting the vaccination, not believing it. Um, all kinds of things. And so, and I'm not trying to push my beliefs or, you know, like that on anyone else, but I'm just saying, like, it is what it is. Um, why, why can't we push our beliefs on, on black people? Why? Well, I, we, I guess. We're dying. What, yeah. I guess what I'm rate. saying is um, I was one of the people who was on the fence for a while. And Me so too. I know what it's like to be on that side of things. And then I know what it's like for people to push their, their agenda on me. Um, I didn't like that. I, I never liked that, you know. Um, and then I also know what it feels like to now be on the other side of being vaccinated. And so, which I'm grateful for. But that's that's what I mean when I say that. I don't want to push my – I just know what it feels like to be um, – you know, people give you the side eye. People – and, and straight, straight up will tell you, you know, the problem that they have with you if you're not vaccinated and all that. So, Well, let me say what you're too nice to say. Okay. <laughs> okay. We die at a disproportionate rate from COVID, right? The majority of the people aren't vaccinated. The majority of the people also are obese, Mm -hmm. and a ton of them are also older. If you are older and African-American in this country and you're not vaccinated, you're playing with your life. Mm -hmm. How dare you not get the vaccine? Are you crazy? Go get the vaccine. You have to. Mm -hmm. We want to see you here. There's nothing wrong with telling us that. We got to be honest with our people all the time. Go get the vaccine. And they go, how do you know? The, how you know they're not they putting chips in it so they can track you? You just go come up with anything, huh? Yeah. I mean, we, we all we were all there, you know. Um, I've never been with it, the chip. Well, maybe not that, but we, we thought, you know, so many people thought this is too fast. How did you guys come up with the vaccination that fast? How is it free for everybody? 
Like, I mean, we had questions, you know, so I wasn't against the the people who were choosing to wait. They wanted to see if other people were going to start, you know, flattening out or whatever mm. be, before they took it. By the way, that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I said, I'm going to get it. I'm going to let y'all be guinea pigs first, though. Y'all go in, go, go and get that vaccine. I'm going to get it. Mm-hmm. Mm, you show me that it's okay. Yeah. And then I went and got it. Yeah. And I'm fine. Okay. Other than the third ear I grew, it's really not bad. <laughs> What's wrong with one testicle anyway? <laughs> it's large. Let's go to the, <laughs> Let's go to the phones. A bee is on the phone. A bee, give me your height, your color, and your hood. <laughs> you crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Give me your height, color, hood. Come let me, on. Let me get off the floor. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 510 Chocolate, uh, LA. LA, check it in. Drop that. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's on your mind? We crazy tonight. Uh, What's on your mind? <laughs> I, I just want to call in to meet my my beloved sister um, halfway. I want to meet Robin halfway on the the. Uh, I'm an elder. Speaking as an old black man, um, and I do carry. Uh, I've been. I've experienced a lot of that stuff. But I just. I just want to put out as you, um, as you as we heal ourselves. Mm always remember in hindsight of, of, of the, the, the environment that we in, I, I, back, I mean, I harken back to what Muhammad Ali said in regard to racism. If there's a pit of snakes, now some of these snakes are probably eaten, but if there's a pit of snakes uh, and they throw you in there, you, you're not trying to figure out which snake is eaten and which snake is hungry. Mm-hmm. They all have, they all have the same, they all have the same. Um, Venom. <laughs> yeah. Well, they all have the same character. They all have the same. Uh, what what we are is in a system of systemic racism, and it's in our religion, it's in our schools, it's in our banking, it's in everything. We're we're in that, and white people benefit from it. Even though the one, even so, some of our friends and people around us say, "Well, I'm not into that. I'm I'm this. I like you. Whatever, whatever." But there's this benefit of it. There has not been uh, reparations, reparations of what our ancestors have gone and what we're going through currently today redlining i mean we can go through we can spend day months Mm -hmm. talking about the impact that it's had on us so i'm not you know i'm just saying in your quest to heal yourself and all that kind of stuff please keep in mind the elders uh the wisdom of the elders who have hindsight to say just do that but be cautious because there has not been any reparations and i'm not saying money or whatever but there has been these these people and this uh, systemic racism uh, uh, environment that we live in has not made changes. We, we, you know, so if we can make changes, uh, the, the environment that we live in has not changed. See, Robin, that's so what we I, can go. Robin, that's we what can I was go saying, right like, back until older black people start seeing the scales balanced, mm-hmm. and it's not just financial. They're mm-hmm. always going to think that white people are evil. I, I've never, I've I, never I disagreed. Or and and Abid, I want to, I want to say this that. Um, I receive your point and I th- there was nothing in me that ever doubted what older black people go through. And and so that's a fact. That's a real like I, I mentioned earlier, there are traumas there. There are experiences there that, you know, I was not there. I, I've, I've not you know, I would never claim to know what that feels like. But I've always said, you know, that's a, they are very valid in that. And you if you if that's your experience as well completely valid in your experience in the way that you think and then um to what danny was saying that uh in that generation will they'll need to see some things happening some things get better before they can uh 
start thinking differently about white people. And I, I, I see that point. So I've never disagreed with that at all. I would just say um, I, I'm, 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 I could say I meet you halfway because I'm about healing, too. Uh, the, being, being mad at a people or mad at something that you can't touch, that's not tangible. You're in a system. It's a system that we're in. Sure. But being mad at that, it, it affects you. It affects me. And I'm not going to walk around with that. So, I, like I said, I'll meet you halfway, but I'm aware. I'm aware of the environment that we're in, and I'm not going to be so trusting of, of and I'm just using this word, not calling them, but a snake. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna be, and not just it, not, it might not be uh, people that call themselves white people. Uh, this title, this this thing, and call white whiteness, but uh, but just be aware of people in general, a particular class of people, or a particular class of people that call themselves white, that have certain privileges over over me and and people that look like people of color. And so it's just just being aware. You know, I'm not you're not going to run out and want to heal the world and love everybody. Kumbaya. We're not there yet. And yeah. so it, it might look like uh, uh, old people are mad, but we are cautious. We've we've seen this over and over and over and over and over again. So so for for p- our young men and women coming up behind us, we don't want y'all to go out and make the same mistake. But just tread with your eyes open. You know, sure. just just uh, you know, I'm not mad at them. I don't hate white people. I just I don't. I understand them, and I can spend. The, I can do a show talking about. The, the origin of Europeans or what we call white people, Hicksoites, whatever. I can go on. I understand it. I've done the work. But but um, but I do just say, be careful. And that's just not maybe them, but but Leroy and, you know, uh, <laughs> our brothers and sisters as well. But as a, as that's a, a black name white too, person. Leroy. We didn't say that the other day. <laughs> Leroy. But we said a, Tyrone. And... <laughs> Tyrone and, you know, to Sasha. And, but, but I'm just saying um, – we do hold that because we we've been impacted by these people and and we don't want to keep continual we don't want to see this go over and over and over again where we get hurt we get hurt we get hurt and we get surprised by by the things that they do as a as a people you know we don't so we don't want to see you go through this again and not that we we say all of them are 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 bad cuz they're not they're really not there's yeah. there's there's really good white people um, uh, but I'm just saying it's a it's a system that we're in created by them. Yeah. One one last thing that I want to say to your point, and and again, I hear your point very clearly, and I I respect that, and I appreciate you even saying you know that you're meeting me halfway here uh, in this journey of healing the world. Right. Um, the one thing that I'll say is uh, that's why I was explaining it like the the, the water, right that it'll take a mm-hmm. very, very long time. I'm not saying tomorrow is better. I'm not saying it's here right now. I'm not saying that the water is clear right now. I'm saying that it'll take a long time of continuously getting better and progressive and pouring the, the, the pure water on both sides, right, mm-hmm. in order to get rid of the, the pain and, the, and the, the hurt and the trauma that uh, we've experienced. The other thing that, um, and I don't know, Danny, if you want to uh, speak to this point, but Part of what I'm talking about and part of what our culture goes through is, uh, you know, fear of not fear of anger against uh, police officers, white Mm. police officers abusing our people, namely black men. Right. Um, But don't you feel like it's a it's it's perpetuated? We don't like them Mm -hmm. or we don't trust them. And because we, they know we don't trust them, they are quick to not trust us. And, and, you know, we were talking about this the other day. Like, they, they don't know how to handle us because they know that there are some issues there. They're so afraid what, of us. Yeah. They're afraid of us. And they are, um, 
they just don't know. They don't know about us, right? They don't know exactly how we feel. So because of that, there's some misunderstandings and they're quick to go for their guns. They're quick to do treat us much differently than they would their own kind. Oh, B, she's exactly right. And we were talking about I, it on the way out the door the other night. Like, okay, so you're a police officer and you come into the force and you're brand new. And you say, I'm going to do it differently because I understand that African-Americans got a problem with law enforcement in this country. You come in, you you a, you an all-American kid. And you say, I'm going to treat black people just like everybody else. It's all love with me. The minute that police officer gets pulled over by an African-American, what's going to happen? We're going to have attitude. We're going to be sharp. We're going to be disrespectful. And he's going to say, look, I'm trying here. And then over after time, he's going to go, this is a losing cause here. There's nothing I can do. It is too baked into this country for me to make change right now. There's a lot of white people that are afraid to actually step out on on that ledge and try to change things. But it's so baked in the hatred that Robin is talking about. Can they change things? Will we really give them an opportunity? Danny, I have a friend that's a, that's a LA sheriff, and uh, but he's he's uh, he's been thrown in Africa. He's he's very you know he's Afrocentric, but he's a sheriff, and he he tells me things that I can't really see on the air. I would love for him to come on the show, maybe when you have a show down the line or something like that, and we we want to bring that dynamic. But here's fantastic. what he's told me. He's what he's told me. He's come to. He's coming had he's coming to this inner, inner city and done classes on how to survive getting stopped by a police. And one of the main things that he says is that you're right. The police the the white police that come into our neighborhoods aren't familiar with black energy. Black energy, if you've been to Africa, you know that they, they're not just they, they kinda of debate like what did I do? How, what what mm-hmm. they're not they're not used to that. They're used to saying, Get out your car and don't ask questions. They're used to that. So but for the most part, he told me that uh, a lot of them are scared to death yeah. when they come into our communities, yeah. and, and so so they don't know our energy. Uh, you got you got some that that are racist, but you got some that are scared to death. And he said, in his opinion, and he spent uh, 20, 25 years on the force. He said, in my opinion, they should not have a badge and gun. He said because the first thing they're going to do, rather than trying to talk or have the tools to negotiate with you, they're going to shoot you. Yeah. And so, so he's come in and taught in the inner cities how to survive, a, or how to, he used that how to survive a police stopping, yeah, but how no, to talk to them. But no disrespect he, to your friend, what the heck is he coming into our communities on telling us how to survive a police stopping instead of him going to the force saying, how do you change what you're doing, the evil tactics of the force? Me, he's, he's, been, he's done that, and actually he's, doing, he's in the jails, not only just in the force, but in the jails. He's doing all of that, but he's coming into the cities as well to talk to us, to say, uh, there are cell phone guns now. There are things that he said. The first thing you can do to dis, to, to to bring down the, the tension is to look at that police badge when he comes up to your car. To look at his badge. How you doing, Mr. Smith? You look at his badge. He said because when they hear their names, most of these cops go through their whole damn career and not even hear their names by someone that they're dealing with. Yeah. So he said when you when you when you call their name, that dials it down. That starts to personalize it. How you doing, Mr. Smith? Uh, what 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 what's the what's the problem here? What happened? You know, and that dials. You start to personalize things and and, and bring that tension down. But the, but a lot of our young people do. It's like what are you what are you pulling me over for? I didn't do you know. And they they take it there and it just escalates. So. He's trying to give some tools to us to, to survive the stop, to drive away, you know, and, and so uh, with your life. And so, uh, but he's working on both sides. He's in the jails. He's dealing with the police department. And he's burnt out, to be, to be honest with you. He's, he's, he's retiring because 
a lot of the problems are in the police department. You said we have these people that yeah. come from the suburbs and wherever come into the black community like they're going into Iraq or somewhere, and they come in, and this is a war game to them. They come into our neighborhoods. His suggestion is that most of the police should, that are, work, that are in the black communities, should live in the black communities. Yeah. I grew up like that. Yeah, I grew up, uh, my, uh, there was a cop that stayed across the street from him. He used to go sit on his motorcycle, and, and he, he patrolled our neighborhood. We didn't have that kind of, but the, the one thing, I'm going to say this too as well, there, there is systemic racism in the police department because the black police uh, officers are not killing blacks and whites or anybody else at the same rate. They're white people. How come they, can, how come they know how to handle situations? How come they're not just randomly killing people? Like, I mean, how come it's, it's not the You know what I mean? How come it's not even? Because they're not going to be given the you same know, grace by uh, internal affairs. They know that. Black cops ain't going to be given the same treatment as white officers. It's not going to happen. So, so they're able to stay out of those situations. White folks know that they're probably more than likely going to get by because the, the systemic racism system that's going to support them. Uh, we, we hear about this every day where cops get, up, get off mm-hmm. for, for, for shooting and killing black folks. But, but black cops know better. I, like I said, I, this officer has told me things I cannot say on air. But but I you know I'll tell you later, Danny. But he's told me things that that we're you know I, you know I it, there is a problem. I I think that we should have police that live in our community, police our community, right, police that go to our churches, police that go to our churches, police, and they should they should be more uh, interactive in in the in the things in our community. We should you know get out and start walking, you know visit some of the restaurants, talk you know what I mean it it it, it um. You need to be more personable with the community that you're policing. And you have to understand where policing came from. Those, these were slave catcher, catchers, right. where this industry came from. I got to bounce, so, Sabine. I, 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 I love the history lesson. You're on fire right now, but mm-hmm. I'm, I got to bounce. We up against yeah. We got to get to the raw report as well. God bless you, King. We Let's, appreciate let, you. Love Thank and you. respect you guys. Anytime, you. anytime. Yes. 1-800-920-1580, the raw report on the other side. This is Danny Mo Show. Stay there. From Bakersfield to Los Angeles. Like George and Wheezy, Danny Morrison is moving on up at KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to the Danny Morrison Show exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. You know, that phone call with Abid, who I love, one of the most intelligent cats I know, is so, for those who missed it, you know, we're talking about the relationship between cops and the community and... That's not the topic of conversation tonight. We're actually talking about change, but maybe they do uh, go with one another. Mm-hmm. We, we can't do this. Mm. And I know I'm turning into negative Nancy again. He's saying that white police officers should go patrol the neighborhoods on foot and walk around and play a little basketball. You know, If a new cat right out of the academy starts walking around some of our more impoverished black neighborhoods, they're going to kill that kid. They gonna kill that cat. Then it starts over again. It's not gonna happen. Well, I'll say this. I think that um, I, I don't think that automatically I don't think that he's going to be killed. I think that he has to make an impression. I think that, you know, he has to go be smart about how you patrol that that neighborhood, right? Start making an impact, you know, if you go to... It's simple. In these neighborhoods, it's real simple. You play basketball with the kids in the street. You, um, like I was mentioning, there's a, a white officer that is very popular on Instagram because he... And I don't know exactly what neighborhood this is, but it's predominantly black neighborhood, probably somewhere in the south. But um, he goes and takes food to, you know, some of the the 
the the homes and he'll at the same time that he delivers groceries he might give a little football to the to the young kid he knows their names he knows the schools that they go to he'll be driving by how how did you do on that test you know he he keeps up with these kids so if you make an impact immediately there's hope for that but it also how, has how, to be the same officers yeah yeah um, you yeah. have to recognize that officer. Yes. You can't bring in a whole, you know, group of cats. Yeah. What What would be your first move? You a white police officer, fresh out the academy, mm-hmm. and they put you in the middle of Compton. What's your first move? I'll find out what's really going on in Compton. Like, you know, where are these kids going after school? I'll probably try to go there. And and as as crazy as this may sound, you have to get on their level. You have to figure out, you know, uh, like I said, if it's playing basketball, hey, let's go play basketball. Mm. You know, there's some things that I've seen on on camera on, you know, different clips where cops will roll up and you think that they're about to, you know, um, punish these kids or, you know, reprimand these kids for playing and they'll get out, start Mm. dancing with them, start, you know, playing ball with them, basketball or whatever. You have to get on their level. She's right. It starts with the kids, too. Absolutely. It starts with the kids. With the kids and then you work your way up <laughs> and then you you get familiar with the parents. Here's what I would do. I would find the the roughest block in the neighborhood and I would go and rent a stage. Right. And I would say, who's the local hip hop celebrity out there? Mm-hmm. I will hire that cat or cats. And I'd put on an event, a community event free of charge. I'd have hot dogs, balloons, and I have some clowns out there. I'd have it all just hook it up. And I would say this is sponsored by Officer Boom 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 Boom. While I'm out there, I would have like community partners on stage mm-hmm. talking about the resources that are available. I would talk about financial resources that are available, financial literacy. This is where you need to go. Hi, I'm Officer So and So, and I want to help impact this community. That's what I would do. Yeah, that's a great idea. Am I dreaming? I'm dreaming. You probably are. There's a there's a uh, a neighborhood in Jersey. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, that completely did this, by the way. They mm-hmm. defunded the police and and uh, recreated some other sort of program where they had patrol officers, basically, who became familiar with these neighborhoods. The crime rate uh, it diminished significantly. I'll pull up. I'll pull up that story and I'll I'll tell you that story. But it, it's incredible what they've done. Yeah, Rod Report's got the goods tonight. As a matter of fact, Andy, come on, let's blaze up the Rod Report right now. You ready? Come on, it's the Queen of Royal Bad. It's time for the Rob Report with Robin Ayers. Robin Highlighting people and things you should know about. From entrepreneurs and entertainers to money and meditation. Robin's got you covered. Get out of here. Follow Robin at Robin Ayers. You're listening to the Rob Report on the Danny Morrison Show on KBLA Talk 1580. Robin's got a lot to talk about. about. And he's testing us right now. Oh. What beat is that? That's a sample? Or it's just from, what song is it from? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, You've stumped Danny. I, I don't know. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Go ahead, Queen. Yeah, because we're uh, up against it. Yeah, we are. Um, we're we're talking about about uh, ending hair discrimination, the Crown Act, uh, which if if you don't know, the the Crown Act itself was actually created in 2019 by Dove, <laughs> and the Crown Coalition though is. Um, in partnership with then state senator Holly J Mitchell of California uh, of California to ensure protection against discrimination based on race-based hairstyles by extending statutory protection to hair texture and protective styles such as braids and locks and twists and knots and bantu knots and 
um, all of that in the workplace and in public schools. And you know, Danny, I'm sure you keep your ear to the streets just like I do. How many stories mm. have popped up, mm. have come across your timeline of uh, all kinds of discrimination based on hair? I remember there was a wrestler that they t- she had to cut her hair. Was it a female or a male? I, I thought it was a male. I think it's a male. Had to cut. Yeah, he had to cut off his locks. Yeah, and in, in a recent compete. story where the, the girl had to take out uh, her beads or something like that, and in her, her whole hair. team was around her taking the beads out of her hair. Yeah, that happened. That happened. I mean, the, it, you can't go. <laughs> You can't go at least a, like not even a month without seeing another story, another situation where a school, a teacher, you know, some sort of uh, adult is involved in discriminating a, a black kid. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly, well, I'm not even going to say mostly. I think more recently, these black boys, which we're going to get into. Um, but we're going to talk about the, the Crown Act and, and Crown Day, which is actually coming up in a, in a couple of months. Great discussion. Jump in. Y'all know how we do. 1-800-920-1580. 1-800-920-1580. Right now, news and traffic. Join the Raw Report on the other side on the Danny Mo Show. You heard? Nighttime is the right time for Danny Morrison on KBLA Talk 1580. 1580. 1580. Live. KBLA Talk 1580. Rod Digger. Hey, yeah, man. that's a banger right yeah, there. Rod Digger of flowers, yeah. man. Rod Digger's. So that's fired. the sample you were talking about? Wow, Rod oh, Digger. Burning that song. Great uh. job, Andy. Yeah, whenever you mention the, the top female MCs of all time, Rod Digger's name never comes up. It never. Why? She never had a she never had a classic album. And some say, I don't know if she's writing them rhymes, man. <laughs> you think Ra writing them rhymes? I don't think Ra writing them rhymes. I don't think Busta would have co-signed her if she didn't write her own rhymes. Mm. And to me, Busta Rhymes is like the epitome of hip-hop. Mm. I might agree with you on that. I might agree. It's funny how whenever we talk about a female MC, we always assume they don't write their own rhymes. You know what Which is so foul. It is. So foul. It is. Do you know how many women, uh, by the way are really great at poetry is where it starts. And, mm. you know, I'm, I'm gearing up for our, excuse me, is this happening tomorrow? What? Our verses? Yes. <laughs> I'm already ready for you. Oh, goodness. I'm digging gracious. in the, the vault. I'm not writing okay, anything Okay, this new. is unfair then. It's a little unfair. It's, it's going to be a good one too. That's unfair. You've been sitting on it for, what, 20 years or something like that? Probably 10, yeah. Okay, well, unfair. Once are you going to write a new one? I don't have anything in the vault. You you said you used to do spoken word yeah, back in the day. I, I mean, that's back in the day. I don't even remember. I don't know. On a horse and carriage? You were... uh, okay, he called me old again. <laughs> tomorrow we're going to have a versus. Uh, Robin and I, we got a, a spoken word versus. We'll do it tomorrow. Goodness gracious. It's going to be fun. Uh, I've actually done mine on the show before, and mine is in honor of Mother's Day coming up on Sunday. You're supposed Andy, to speak you know to the what I'm men. About. You're supposed to be, speak to the men. I will on Father's Day. No, the, I'm saying your our verses is supposed to be you to the men and me to the women. That's what Andy set in stone mm. was a part of the rules. Okay. I still got one. I know. I've been speaking to black men my entire career. I mean, you know. I still yeah, got I one. That don't sound right, huh? I've been speaking to black men my entire career. Let's go. So hold Oh, this is so much pressure. I'm going to win. Oh, my goodness. Because I'm good. Do we have a time limit? No, no you, you flex. However you want to oh, do it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. It, it's going to be fun. 
So the verses with uh, Robin and Danny Tamur. But let's get back to the Raw Report here. Yes, we are still in the Raw Report. And hey, uh, July 3rd, which is coming up in a couple of months here, is National Crown Day. And if you are unfamiliar with it, it's only because it's a couple of years old. But CROWN stands for Create a Respectful and Open World for Natural Hair. I didn't know that was an acronym. Is that what that is? Yes, yes. CROWN is a law that prohibits race-based hair uh, discrimination, which is the denial of employment and educational opportunities because of hair texture or protective hairstyles, including braids, locks, twists, and bantu knots. Um. It's a big thing, okay? We're we're trying to get it a little bit to make, create awareness around Crown Day. Uh, it's it's also known as Black Hair Independence Day. I don't know if you know I that like as well. that one better. Why? Because it's strong. It sounds. It, pro- it is very strong, we do and a it's show to the that. point. It's to the point. Uh, hair, uh, what hair? Black in- hair independence day. That'll be the topic tomorrow. Black what? hair. Indi- no, let's talk about not only black hair. Mm-hmm. What what is what does it mean to be a professional black person in America? What does she look like? A professional. A professional black woman in America. Could she wear bantu knots? And if not, why not? No pun intended. Mm. Well, that that's exactly what this is all about. Um <laughs> We'd be replaying the the raw report tomorrow. Basically, I'm just saying if we talk about that, because this is what this is all about. Um, according to the Crown Coalition, of the 50 United States, the Crown Act is now law in seven of them, which is wow. California, right? California, New York, New Jersey, Virginia, Colorado, Washington, Maryland, and two mun- municipalities, which is Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, and Montgomery County, Maryland, with reportedly 23 states having introduced the Crown Act, which I think, I mean, it's, it's, it says it's a, a lot. It's a start. It is a start. Um, again, we're trying to create more awareness uh, around it. This is a story that I wrote, by the way. This was a couple of years ago in 2020 because... So many um, of us, you know, we were starting to represent our black hair. um, And I love it. I love the representation. Many, many black women um, and men, but a lot of black women were like, you know what, who are professional black women Mm -hmm. uh, on television every day said, you know, what, I'm pressing my hair every day or I'm putting these weaves in my hair, wigs in my hair because they don't consider it professional if I wear my natural hair. But since I have the right I'm going to take back my power. That's the show right there. I love that. Yeah. Viola Taking Davis. Back your, she's, a, she's, a, she's a new one who's like, you know what? We need representation out there. Mm. And um, a lot of people have done it. Um, we've ha- we have um, the Today host. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but Shinelle Jones. Taraji P. Henson has done it. Even um, Kevin Gates is trying to represent, you know, with braids. And um, he's making it a thing, um, being becoming... I don't know if I don't know if he's leading the way with it, but he's definitely trying to make a um, make his mark with braids and things like that. Cornrows so, or braids, braids, braids and cornrows. He has a, a combination of both. He's always rocking it, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, he used to wear his hair very short, but I don't know if he's made a statement about this. But he's just trying to, you know, provide some more representation for for young black, you know, young black. men and women who are still in school and having issues in school um which like i said earlier you can't scroll your your timeline not even a month without seeing some stories um surrounding 
kids who are being discriminated against be- because of their hair. What do you say to those people that say these people are entertainers and they can do whatever the hell they want and a person that's working at Jack in the Box can't do the same thing? It's it's not it Kevin, sh- Kevin Gates to grow his hair all the way down to his ankles mm-hmm. because he can. No because one's he gonna, can. Yeah, no one's. He's in the creative world, and and that's a problem in and of itself. The fact that we are distinguishing <clears throat> professional versus creative. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Like that's, that's a that's a thing. You're doing a whole show tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> that's the whole show. Yeah, it's it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You are a person. You are um, especially black people. I don't know any white people outside of Kim Kardashian who was trying to, you know, recreate the the trend of boxer braids and um, things like that. But they're not talking to white people because white people aren't braiding their hair. They're not putting Bantu knots in their hair. Um, And that's a problem. There's a Texas high school policy that uh, there's a high school out there. I I actually do not know the name of the Texas high school. But um, the new policy bans braided or twisted hair. And uh, there's a young gentleman who stopped going to school because he had his locks weren't long or his twists weren't very long. They actually came just to his forehead. I saw that. Yeah. And he stopped going to school. Because of the new policy. But I see that that's happening more and more in these schools. They're they're targeting, without saying black people, they Say are them. targeting black people. Say them words. And they're trying to make you either cut your hair or push you to the limit. Because, listen, as a black parent, especially if I don't have a son, but if I did have a son, if he wants to rock his hair and be proud of his hair, it's a hairstyle. It's tamed. It's not wild. It's, you know, clean. If he wants to rock that and you're trying to create a whole policy to how's ban that, him. How's that legal? It, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, they're, they're, they're finding a loophole for black people without saying black people. But that is discrimination on its face. Is, that's exactly what it is. When we come forward, we got that's ticking me off right yeah. now. Yeah. We will continue this raw report. Join the discussion 1-800-920-1580 Danny Mo show raw report KBLA stated. From Bakersfield to Los Angeles. From middays to nighttime. nighttime. Like George and Weezy, Danny Morrison is moving on up at KBLA Talk 1580. <laughs> No need to say mo, check the flow Rage in the back once more So now you know I rock rough and stuff With my Afro punch Rage I rock rough and stuff Danny Morgan Show on KBLA Talk 1580 Where you can rock your Afro puffs You can rock some cornrows You can come ball head It don't even matter what you want to do up in here We don't care what your hairstyle look like Just make sure it don't stink Please That's all we be asking That's it I used to date this queen back in the day, and man. Oh no. Andy? Oh no. Her locks was like, woof. They smelled like boo boo. Boo boo. Well, girl. it's a. I think there there needs to be more education behind you know protective styles. If you're gonna wear it, wash it, make sure that it's dry. Mm-hmm. Right, because that's the thing. You know, that's the that's the problem with mildewed hairs. Uh, you know, locks. Yeah. That's why it smells. By the way, I'm going to do it. What? Locks. Are you? Maybe by the end of the year. Really? Think about it. Can I pull it off? I'm sure you could. Yeah. I heard it's hell on wheels, though. Really? The maintenance is... Oh, okay. You would know, King. Is it is it as bad as they say? They say it takes time. And I ain't got Man, time. it can definitely get expensive. 
And I've heard so many different types of stories. The, the the main person that I go to, she tells me every three weeks. Another another uh, a woman would say every three weeks. Nah, every six weeks. So mm. I really don't know. I ain't even got three weeks. Okay. <laughs> and I'm talking about it's like a hundred dollars a pop. You know, including wash. They take EBT. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but the you upkeep think, it, it, is, it is irritating, though. I will say that. Robin, right. you think I'm messing around? Plus casualties. What do you mean casualties? Uh, you know, when you wake up and you you find one of your locks on the floor. You is know? that real oh. talk? I can only speak for myself, so you know it oh. happens. Oh, uh-huh. your your hair's a mess. <laughs> well, what was you doing that night prior? Huh? <laughs> you already know, Teddy oh, Moe. Let's go. <laughs> Chocolate syrup, you toes and all. We gonna use the dome. Welcome I'm gonna lock to the you studio up with, with I'm gonna Danny lock you up with these Andy. locks. You know what I'm saying? Come on, girl, grab it. All right. Oh my goodness. By the way, Andy, let's get back into the seven series. Let's go. One topic, seven answers. It's time for the seven series on KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. All right, now check this out before we jump back in. Listen. I have a a societal theory when it comes to America. I believe that the continual browning of America has a lot of older and whiter, lifelong Republicans a little unhinged these days. But inevitability is at hand, Republicans, conservatives out there. Father time is still undefeated. But I somewhat sympathize with you because it's obvious that your lives are metamorphosing right before your eyes. And you're not in Kansas anymore. Check this out. I know this scares you. The majority of Americans now support gay marriage. The majority of Americans now support legalizing marijuana. The majority of Americans support raising the minimum wage. The majority of Americans want a change in health care. The majority of Americans want immigration reform. The majority of Americans support the DREAM Act. Hopefully they'll support the Crown Act pretty soon. And to make matters worse for you, the majority of Americans support a woman's right to choose, contrary to what they're telling you on Fox News. Now, mind you, I don't necessarily agree with every part of the, if you will, societal changing of the tides. There's a couple things that I'm like, hmm, not a little far. That has taken place over the last 10 years, real talk. However, I tend to err on the side of caution supporting progressives rather than support a party that spawns polarizing ideologues like Donald Trump and Ted Cruz and Ron DeSantis and Lindsey Graham or Matt Gates, who I cannot stand, or my hometown zero, Kevin McCarthy, and then thrust them into the political spotlight. I want my politicians to be open to compromise. I want my politicians to learn the art of negotiation. I don't want my politicians to intentionally stunt the growth of America, take their ball and go home just because they're not allowed to be in a starting five. So keep doing what you're doing. Tell MAGA Nation to go ahead and genuflect towards that Confederate flag of theirs that they love, that they hang in their truck or they hang on their wall or they got in their wallet or whatever. Feel free to wax poetic about the good old days in the good old USA. Make America great again. Don't nobody care. The Republican Party has made a deal with the devil and the unraveling has just begun. And guess who's pulling the string? Us. That's why the seven series tonight is the seven biggest and black changes in America that are driving white people crazy. We already got... Went through number one, which is black people coming into more political power. We already went through number two, which is the national broadcasting of the black national anthem, which Robin didn't know a word of. That is not true. Okay, two words. (laughs) (laughs) And here's number three. 
the blackwashing of classic white characters. Oh, my God. Mm. This drives them crazy. As you know, there was a black Spider-Man in the movies a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. A black Spider-Man PlayStation video game a couple years ago. The Human Torch in 2015's Fantastic Four was played by none other than Michael B. Jordan. And speaking of Michael B. Jordan, he's developing his own black Superman project for HBO Max right now. There was also a black little orphan Annie. Remember that movie? Yep. That was terrible. Oh, with Jamie Foxx? Terrible. Oh. That was a terrible film. I saw it. <laughs> Not the original. Not the You're or- talking about the remake, Jamie right? Foxx. Yeah. That, was, that was terrible. Yeah. Uh, Cedric the Entertainer made a black Honeymooners film. Remember mm-hmm. that? Yep. Uh, there was also a Black Little Mermaid film. It's in production, actually, right now. They paused it because of COVID, but it's coming. And let's not even talk about Hamilton. Oh, yeah. There were real-life white characters transformed into black people. Blackwashing drives racists mad. And I'm glad it does. That's the third biggest and blackest change in America that is driving white people crazy. You know, another one, uh, people went berserk over this one, uh, you know, uh, Hallie Bailey, Chloe yes. Bailey's sister, she's playing Ariel. So she's the one that's playing the Little Mermaid. Yeah, l- yes. And people were livid. I didn't know that was her. Yeah. I'm too busy looking at Chloe. Oh, my. Yo, Chloe, go ahead, <laughs> queen. Do your thing. Yeah, Chloe's on the come up. I love watching her journey. They're calling her the next Beyonce. You buy it? Um, I see why they're calling her that. I don't like the fact that it feels like she's trying to be Beyonce. It does seem like she's trying too hard. Mm -hmm. A little bit too, too hard. Sometimes. I really like her, by the way. She's super talented. Her singing is, is just next level. Her dancing, like all of that. And, and not to mention, she's a really sweet person. Mm. She's so nice and, um, and humble. Mm. Um, She's writing that music too, by the way. Yes, yeah, she is. She's very talented. Her, uh, her and her sister. I just don't like sometimes it feels a little forced. It feels like she's trying to break out. Like y'all gonna see me, and it's just like mm. too sexual. Sometimes I think so too. Yeah, I sometimes think, I feel she, like she just oh she's young and she doesn't have to do that, you know. And I'm I'm not knocking it, but I'm just saying it feels very very forced at times. Where I'm mm-hmm. like you know, I I like that that when you reserve a little bit and then like the growth over time mm. like you deserve to be there mm. like that's what Beyonce did if we're going to compare her to Beyonce it took her, Beyonce a very long time to oh, actually come out and be like Beyonce was a little you know cute little schoolgirl. yeah go back and watch uh, the uh, irreplaceable video mm. you know she's just living you know you must not know about mm. me <laughs> I can have another you it wasn't, I mean, she was a, a, a solo artist then, but when she first came out as a solo artist and um, she had the song with Jay-Z. Um, Bonnie and Clyde. Uh-oh, 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 oh, uh-oh. Yeah. yeah, no, when she did that song, um, she had a tank top on and some little crazy jean in shorts. Love. Was it Crazy in Love? Yes, it was. I only watched it yeah. 5,000 times. <laughs> and she, she set it ablaze, but, you know, she started, you know, opening up her sexuality a little bit, started being, being a little bit more comfortable with showing that part of herself. But it took her all those years with Destiny's Child in order to do that. And uh, so, again, she earned her every every stripe. Beyonce earned it, you know. And she brought us along with her journey. I feel like uh, Chloe is just, even though they are, they are, they started in the business very young as well. They she did. played little Beyonce mm-hmm. in um, the movie 
um, the what's the the movie? Fighting Temptations. Fighting Temptations. Thank you. She played little Beyonce, so that's mm-hmm. when they first met. So she's been in the business a long time, but we didn't know her like that. Is this our age talking? Because the Zoomers would say that. They would say, y'all sound like two old people. She ain't done but nothing wrong. But you know what the, re- the reason I don't think so is because a lot of the people who are uh, her followers and fans right now say that. They they agree. A lot of people agree. Yeah. That recent, what's the name of that song? Her song? Yeah. She's got a song that came out a couple months ago. Oh, um, the her the big one. The, the, big the one. Lord of Mercy, Mercy mm-hmm. song. Mm-hmm. That's fire. The she song looks is incredible fire. Her, in and her video is fire. I mean, all day. I'm but, not knocking anything about her. I'm just saying we're we have not she has not brought us along the journey. Sometimes it's like you went there so fast. Where where can you go from here? Now you gotta be extreme from here because you're just starting your your solo journey just now. So if you start off already being compared to Beyonce, where else can you go? I love that you're saying this. And by the way, I'm surprised you're saying this. Really? Yeah. Really? Because you, uh, you, you, you always are down for women's lib and doing what they want, and that's her journey, etc. I'm surprised that you're saying it. It's yeah. refreshing. Yeah, I'm still. I because still. I thought when I saw the video, I said, "Wow, I didn't expect her to go that far." So yeah. Soon. So soon, so soon, and I love it. I, I watched that video over and over and over so again. So did I. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you did. I'm just saying. Uh, so I watched it. I loved it. I, you know, uh, again, I adore her. I just think it's a little bit too soon. That's all. Mm. Those don't know what we're talking. What we're talking about. Her name is Chloe. She just goes by Chloe, right? Yeah, Chloe Bailey, but Chloe. What is the name of that song? Somebody get in my DMs. Tell me. What's Which one? Song? Her song? Wait, which yeah, the her one song that we were just video. talking about? It's yeah. called Lord, Lord Have Mercy. Not that one. The one prior to that one, then. Prior to that. I thought that was like her first real hit. Her first. We could be talking about the same song, but okay. I don't think that's the name of the song. I don't think. Where she came out with the video, mm-hmm. and she's in all the pink, and she's doing the splits. Is that the name of the, the song? That's the saying. That's okay. the song. Mm-hmm. Then I got the title wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lizzo got the title, the song right now, though. Which one? I think it came out yesterday. It's the it's the song song of the summer. She called it. Oh, I don't know if I've heard it yet. You gotta hear it. Uh, when we come forward, we jump back into the seven series. Okay, the seven biggest and blackest changes in America that are driving white people crazy. Danny Mill Show, KBLA, stay there. From Bakersfield to Los Angeles, by George and Weezy, Danny Morrison is moving on up at KBLA Talk fifteen eighty. <laughs> I did a show on Lizzo talking about changes. We're talking about the seven biggest and blackest changes in America that are driving white people crazy. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it to me right now because you know when we get on a, a laughing run, we'll do it for 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> she, <laughs> nah, that, that song was terrible. I think that Lizzo is forcing America to embrace her size. Uh-huh. And how do you... Don't do it to me right now. Don't you do it to me right now. Okay, I'm here. I'm here. Do you think Do you think that's detrimental? We'll do a show on that. I did a whole show on Lizzo, yeah. and queens were calling me, killing me. She could do whatever she wants. Who are you? You know what I'm saying? To tell her that she's too big? And I go, uh, the doctor. Okay. We're gonna do a show on it. Let's do a show Let's on it. Let's do a show on it next week, cause I gotta, I gotta destroy you in the in the verses tomorrow. 
Seven biggest and blackest changes in America that are driving white people crazy. Number one was black people coming into more political power. Number two was the national broadcasting of the black national anthem. Number three was the blackwashing of classic white characters. Here's number four. Black-centric advertising. Are you all paying attention to the commercial breaks on your televisions these days? Huh? Are y'all watching? I dare you to make it through a two-minute commercial break without seeing a black face and interracial relationship or both. I dare you. Why? Trump lost. And corporations ain't stupid. Colorblind advertising became more rampant the moment he left office. Why? They see where the country is headed. I talked about the browning of America in my opening monologue. And they don't care what color you are. The only color businesses see is green. That's it. But Jethro at home absolutely hates it. And that is the fourth biggest and blackest change in America that is driving white people crazy. Do you notice that? Uh-huh. How does that make you feel? When I see... Does it feel forced? interracial couples and things like that yeah i mean i think i started to feel that way initially then um i opened my eyes a little bit more and started to realize that they're only depicting what is reality right now we have more interracial couples than i i don't know the percentages but i'm saying it's a real thing so Mm -hmm. they had to because if so many of us uh, are at home and you want to sell your products right Mm -hmm. you have to sell your products to people who will actually buy them and people who your product should represent, right? So um, you have to include biracial families. What do you say to those people that say you don't see all black families, though? It's always interracial to make them more acceptable. I don't agree agree with that. And I don't agree with that because my, you know, we worked in the industry for a very long time. My kids worked in industries for a very long time. They were in a ton of black commercials. And so we were always looking, saw a ton of black commercials, black families, so I was more surprised when I started to see biracial. I mean, you would literally see a white man walking with a biracial daughter and you wouldn't see the the uh, the black mom mm-hmm. sometimes. Like, that was a little shocking. Like, whoa. You know what I mean? But, again, it's all about representation and reality. It's still a small percentage in comparison to the American population, though. Mm-hmm. For them to get as many commercials as they're Getting biracial families? Interracial, yeah. Or I'm uh, sorry, sorry, yeah. No I'm thinking biracial kids, but just, interracial families. It's I still don't... a small percentage in comparison to black families, is what I'm saying. Okay. So why wouldn't you see more black families, whole black families, rather than interracial? I think we do see more black families. I don't know my my channels. Really? Mm, I don't. Huh. I see interracial a lot. Now to be honest, I don't I don't watch live TV at all. Uh-huh. I don't even have live TV. Do you? No, they're all streaming. I that's have me. a streaming service. Yeah, that's all I have. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's I mean, well, I still see a lot of commercials, though, even though, you know, they force the ads on you. You, mm-hmm. can, you can't watch it without seeing these ads. But I still see a lot of black couples, black families. I still see that a lot. That aren't BET or TV One? Sure. You know, OnStar commercials or, you know, Chevrolet commercials or whatever. Yeah, tons of them. Well, I got to get your TV. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't seeing us at all. I'm like, where the black people at? Huh. Let's jump back in, okay? The seven biggest and blackest changes in America that are driving white people crazy. Here's number five. Juneteenth is now a national holiday. And trust whoop, me, whoop. by the way, KBLA has uh, got something special coming. <laughs> mm-hmm. More details on that soon. Uh, President Biden signed into law the Juneteenth National Independence Day. African-Americans across the country were cheering over the big news, but a lot of us were wondering where Biden 
why Biden couldn't sign a hate crime bill for Asian Americans, but couldn't use that same pen to sign an executive order for hate crimes against African Americans. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have every right to feel that way. After telling us for years that you can't sign any legislation that is specific to one race of people, hmm. President Obama actually said that himself, leaving us in the dirt. And then Asian people, hate crimes start happening to them. And all of a sudden, the pen works. Yeah. Do you feel like signing the uh, the Juneteenth bill uh, was... Throwing us a bone? Throwing us a bone. Hell yeah. 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 Of course it was. Yeah. That being said, the Jethro's on Twitter were furious at that signing. And they say that... We already have Black History Month, and we already got Martin Luther King Day. Those should be enough. What they don't know is we ain't even showed you how much we can party. Wait till we get reparations. Yo, that's when the party's going to begin. For sure. So buckle up, buttercup. We just getting started. And that's the fifth biggest and blackest change in America that is driving white people crazy. Will we see it in our lifetimes, though? Mm. Reparations. What do you think? Are they going to cut I, us a I, check? I am going to say yes. I don't think it's going to be nationwide to start, but I think we will see. We will start to see it. Mm-hmm. Here's what's interesting about that entire thing. We should do a show on that as well. Um, to get reparations, they're saying you have to be the offspring yeah. of a slave that you know basically came from the Shoahs, basically. Mm. Right? If that is true, Kamala wouldn't get a check. Hmm. But yeah, it, yes. But Kamala won't need a check. But let me let me also <laughs> say this. Let me let me say this. Uh, there should there they should. Let me tell you what what'll happen if they give reparations to Black people or offspring, right? Um, Descend direct dis- dis- descendants. descendants is what okay. they say. So, if that happens the white people or whomever it is, the government are going to say, well, we did our part, right? But let me, let me, so they're, they're going to be relieved. But what's going to happen is if we don't have something set up in place for us to uh, be smart, be wise about where we use these new resources, the money's just going to go. That's just like a a tax day for us. It's not going to happen. You know, nothing is going to happen. We ain't going to do it right. You know that. And then guess what? There's nothing else we can bank on. So before we start demanding all these reparations, we need to set up systems. We need to set up education. We need to set up organizations. We need to set up like something for us to invest in or some some sort of education for for our people because that money's going to go to cars and jewelry and uh <laughs> yeah, Cedric the entertainer said all that's going to do is make Cadillac like the number one car dealer in the country. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what's going to happen and that's sad to say, but I, and not, not for everyone. Some people are going to be smart, right? And you know, and invest and all of that. But I'm just saying, I do believe that that's a that's just money going down the drain. I don't think they should cut us individual checks. Yeah, I'd rather pour it into our communities, mm-hmm. build us our own clinics. What does it mean? Schools. What does it mean when we talk about uh, putting money into our communities? And will we see that? Will we be affected by that? Will each? Will each? individual person be affected by that or does that even matter do we only need the people who really needed to be affected by that i have a first-hand example i'll give you as we're up against it here my old neighborhood when we were growing up we had one corner store it was dang near a liquor store you know Mm -hmm. the prices were high but we didn't have a car my mother didn't have any credit but they extended my mother credit Mm -hmm. just based on a handshake 
So we had $300 a month, and we used to get our groceries there. Mm-hmm. Ripping my mother off every single month. I won't even name the place, because I think a couple of his kids listen. Mm. Eventually, they got a grocery store in there. It brought 200 jobs. It brought cheaper prices for all the, the residents in that neighborhood. Yeah. And other businesses started building around that parent business. Mm-hmm. That's all you need to do. Bring commerce to the black community, mm-hmm. and it'll grow on its own. Hmm. That is putting money back into the community. And next to that, you know, build a community center. Next to that, build a clinic, a free clinic, if you will. Next, I mean, but mm-hmm. you got to start the process. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, white people will say, we can't go to that neighborhood because the crime is high. You know what? Get some freaking security. How about that? Mm. Do what you got to do. But that grocery store is thriving in that neighborhood. Because now a lot of the residents in that community don't have cars. Mm-hmm. So now within walking distance, they can go get cheaper prices healthier foods as well it can be done yeah that's what i would do you and i we talked about one time if you gave if i gave you 50 billion dollars and said impact the black we didn't say that that's one Mm -hmm. build a parent business in the middle of the black community that of that you so choose yeah i'm telling you other businesses will immediately start building around that there was a a lot of people coming up in here i'm putting my hair salon right there Mm -hmm. what happened yeah. News and traffic now. We finish up the seven series on the other side. This is the Danny Mo Show, y'all. Nighttime is the right time for Danny Morrison on KBLA Talk 1580. Real talk, real time. The gospel, the gospel truth. truth. You're listening to the Danny Morrison Show on KBLA Talk 1580. You just hooking up the music tonight, man. I love it. this song. In my opinion, controversial. Top 10 MC all time. Three stacks. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Three stacks. No. Three stacks, top 10. In the top 10? All time. I'll give you that. Thank you. Andy, you know what you're talking about. You're wrong. I'm wrong. I'll, I'll give you he that. Ain't, where you got him? Top 20? You ain't even got him on the list. Oh, yeah, I ain't wow. even got him on the list. Wow. But I do respect his lyricism. I respect his artistry. He just doesn't do it for me. I think for me, uh, he was just different for me. That's but the, that's the whole thing. That's his that's his thing. Yeah, and I get it, and I and I respect it. But I, you ever seen him freestyle? It's crazy. 
is crazy. I like him when like they first first came out. Oh, he's insane. You know, like that three Southern, stacks was Southern dope. Playalistic Cadillac funky music. Mm -hmm. But that then, three stacks. But then the Rosa Parks and all that. I mean, I like the song, but it's just just a little bit different for me. It's, it started to become a little bit more eclectic. Yeah. Yeah. He crossed over with Hey Ya. He went way far. Yeah. But that song was humongous. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was. I remember that song. We were playing that song every half hour. It was crazy. I will say this. As a black man, as a black artist, I like the fact that he did transition into making that type of music because it became more welcoming for other, you know, races, so to speak, to kind of, you know, embrace it. Like, you'll probably hear that song, you know, with, with some white folks or whatnot. You know? And I just think it's dope. You know, that's kind of what we're talking about tonight. The seven biggest and blackest changes in America that are driving white people crazy. And and by the way, we're coming up, just so happened to be coming up on number six. Hip-hop is now the number one musical genre in the United States. Yeah. That's great timing, friend. Mm-hmm. It officially happened back in 2017 after nipping at rock music's heels for years. Eight of the ten most listened to artists of the year came from the hip-hop R&B genre, led by Drake and Kendrick Lamar. And to make matters worse, rock is continuing its downward slide into oblivion with under 5% of songs in 2020 and 2021 being classified as some form of rock. Ouch. And the Jethro's are pretty pissed about it. They can't stand to see that many black faces dominate the Billboard charts. Look on the Billboard charts at any time. Hot 100 or album charts, we dominate that thing. And I say, oh well. The rock genre was stolen from us to begin with. That's Domino, Ike Turner, Ray Charles, Little Richard, Chuck Berry, Bo Diddley are the real architects of rock and roll anyway. Maybe we will invent a new genre of music for them to steal. Do you find it that when you think about those who consume hip hop, though, when you go to these hip hop shows and these concerts, who are in the stands? I'm going to give you a little stat that might surprise you. 70% of hip-hop music is bought by white people in this country. 70%. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Do we own the music still? But see, when little Jethro yeah. commits some sort of heinous activity, yeah. he's going to blame it on that hip-hop song I listen to. That's exactly what they do. I mean, whenever a, a young white boy... Uh, commits some heinous act, like you said, uh, school shooting or something. They always look at what type of music he was listening to, and they hope and pray that it's hip-hop. They want to find some way to blame us all the time. I don't feel like it's coming from hip-hop, though. I think these types of boys are not in the culture. I think they are listening to heavy metal rock. Uh, I don't even know who what groups, but I'm just saying I think that it's you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Super loud music that's just driving them even further up the up the wall. I feel like it's more of that. But I do agree that um, I, I'll trust you in your stats of 70% of white people or 70% of hip-hop. Wait, what, what was the stat? 70% of hip-hop purchased hip-hop. Purchased by uh, white, white people. people. Yeah. Um, I, I do believe that hip-hop is the hugest genre. And, and here's the other thing. Like, no matter where you look, uh, any white person, they're touched by hip-hop somehow. Absolutely. Meaning they are touched by us. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and so I actually really like that fact. There are some hip-hop purists in this country. Can't stand that, though. Mm. They say it's been taken from us. 
Because, uh, you know, you and I, we came from the day when, you know, when hip-hop was, you know, it was Afrocentric, you know what I'm saying? Cross-color clothing, you know what I'm saying? Everybody mm -hmm. dancing, hip-hop was fun. Mm -hmm. And even a lot of the, the lyrics and the songs were very Afrocentric mm -hmm. and pro-black. Ain't happening no more. Mm -hmm. Are we ever going to go back to that? I don't know if we're going to go back to that. I think it's just a matter of evolution, you know, um, which is fine. I think you say that's evolution. Is that the an style evolving? of music? Yeah, it's the style of music, of you, of hip hop music. Sure, absolutely. I only say that because some would say moving away from rapping about black issues. Uh -huh. For example, well, we've talked about it on the show before self destruction and all those positive mm -hmm. uh, songs back in the day. Queen Latifah, U N I T Y, mm -hmm. who you, who you calling a mm? Mm -hmm. I ain't doing that no more. Mm -hmm. Don't we need to get back to that? But can we get back to that when we all know that ain't going to sell in 2022? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm calling a thing a thing. I'm saying it's evolution. It, I'm not saying I'm, you know, pro that or not. I'm just saying it is what it is, right? Yeah. But um, I think, of course, I think we should always represent and come back to our own issues. That's what, I mean, hate it or love it, that's what NWA stood for. They were talking about mm. our issues, you know what I mean? Um so, yeah, we'll always need that representation. But, you know, my thing is people will argue hip hop is ours. You know, hip, yeah, I get that and all day. But what I think we can claim is, is the fact that hip hop was started by us. We can always hold true to that. That fact will never change. But I don't know that it's fair necessarily to say we have to keep it. No one else could come in this in this genre. Nobody else could appreciate it. Nobody else could be rapping it. Nobody. I think that's unfair to say. I think it's it's actually more flattery than anything to okay. say it's so dope that you can't help but want to grab onto this hip hop thing. Some okay. some some part of the culture. Now, what kind of bothers me though. I, well, I'm on the fence about it. There's a guy. His name is Harry. Uh, I'll, I'll find him. But he's on Insta, he's on TikTok. He's on YouTube. He's on everywhere. He's one of the dopest lyricists, mm. I think. Freestyle lyricists, I think I may have seen. Wow. Maybe ever. Wow. Maybe ever. Yeah. White man. Mm. He will, in your face, he'll be like, give me a word. You'll say, microphone you'll say keyboard you'll say whatever and he's just starts flowing and he he's t saying something about the keyboard and he starts talking about your you know your headphones and the color white the thermal he talks i mean he talks about it all he is incredible nice but he's a um he, he's it's hip-hop you know how we feel about that you get what i mean black people don't want to i i get it but i'm just saying it's like they're not gonna get i don't know that we can i don't know that we can uh I don't know that we can do it. No, well, you're absolutely right that we can't do that. You want to know why? You wow. know who the best-selling hip-hop artist is of all time, right? Eminem is Eminem. the best-selling well, hip-hop artist of all time. And which probably is why he's being inducted into the Hall of Fame, which is a problem for a lot of people. Um, Benzino actually had a lot to say about that. Um, if you guys know who Benzino well, is, they got I'm a sure long standing do. beef. They do, they do, but he has a he has a, he actually has a point as well that Eminem is coming before so many other icons, so many people who have. Um, hmm. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, y y there's so many people. I mean, he's standing on the shoulders of people who have uh, who have um, started this thing and like. I'm going to hold down Rakim to, to the end, right? I'm, I have Rakim all day long. So I'm just saying, like, what happened to people like that, to KRS-One? And, you know, I mean, there's 
a ton of people. That's dating back, of course. But I'm just saying he still is standing on the shoulders of them. He's the best-selling hip-hop artist of all time. That's Hall of Fame worthy right there, isn't it? It is, but yeah, that is. And I, I don't take that away from him. I'm just saying if... if Some say because he's white, that's the case. Oh, sure. Andy, I know that's why you're going crazy anomaly. back there. That's like we, we talked about like we talked about that with Adele. You know, she's an anomaly. She's white and she sings like a black person. Sometimes people would say she sings better than some black people, soulful no. black people. You're saying that because she's white, and you're saying that you don't you don't want to give her that credit. But I mean, she's soul. I love her. We can't deny that she's got straight vocal pipes. But we can also say that she's successful because she's white. That's she's what I'm saying. She's that an anomaly successful because she's white. Yeah, she would probably still be successful. But she's yeah. at the top of the pile. Exactly. Because we, us, we we are looking at her like, no, it's them. They're looking at, they love our music. They love us. But we're, we're, you know, a dime a dozen. Um, I'm sorry. Andy's, Andy's about to cut in. Oh, no, no, no. I was just, uh, you know, a caller called in. They didn't want to go on there or whatnot. But uh, they wanted to remind us about Macklemore. And, uh, you know, the whole controversy about the Grammy and, you know, Kendrick. Do you remember? Yeah. And he got on stage and said, I... I don't deserve this. Right. And he gave Kendrick his props. By the way, Adele, Adele did, did that for Beyonce. Beyonce. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. And look so at, at least... look at uh, Bruno Mars did it with all of those. You know, of course, he sampled pretty much all of them. But <laughs> he always gives love to like Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis yeah. and, and Teddy Riley. He does. Yeah. But they still take that trophy and take that check. Well, yeah, he is. He is uh, Afro Latina. Latino. A Latina? Wow. No, he's Latino Afro. Breaking news. Afro-Latino. Breaking news on the Danny Mo Show right now. <laughs> Breaking news on the Danny Mo Show. We now know Bruno Mars is female. According to. <laughs> what say. more do you want from me? <laughs> Danny Mo Show, KBLA. Stay there. From Bakersfield to Los Angeles. By George and Wheezy, Danny Morrison is moving on up at KBLA Talk 1580. 1580.